guys, welcome back to the Two Cents Podcast. This is Yassi Manchushan. Our episode today is going to be using physicality for spirituality. This is such an overlooked topic, and my brother and I, Rabbi Ari and I, really, really wanted to cover this. The idea not to demonize our physicality, but rather use it for our spirituality to make us have greater depths and levels of spirituality through physicality, taking out the demonization of physicality and how to properly use it. Our our topics that we cover today are going to be so ADD, which I think is going to be part of not only the physicality for spirituality, but the mentality of spirituality, which we jump around a lot. I do know that we didn't cover all of our topics that we wanted to, but we jump through what it is to actually use our physicality for ourselves in a positive way and feel great about that, to be able to use it to get to levels of spirituality, and most importantly, to use it to show others and create a Kiddush Hashem through our physicality in order for them to also be able to grow spiritually. Our episode today, as always, is brought to you by our dear friends at Yad Lachem. Guys, this is amazing. I keep getting responses and emails and all these things saying, thank you so much for the podcast. Thank you so much. We learned so much. We learned so much. If you're serious, if that's really what's going on with you, if you really love the podcast, you got to thank the ones that brought it because without them, it would never have made the light of day. I promise you that. Yad Lachem has been with us from the beginning. And they are out there not only inspiring all of you through doing this, but they're out there saving lives every single day. The outpour of love from our listeners has been humbling, has been so, so beautiful. Guys, get out there and donate for them. You have to. You have to check out their website. It's www. It's not that many W's, but I really wanted to upset my brother. It's www.saveaworld.org. Just type in saveaworld.org. You'll get there. Saveaworld.org. You have to check out this website. You will be blown away by what they do. It's incredible. It is incredible. It's a modern-day pigeon shvuyim. They are saving children's lives. And we all know one life is worth an entire world. They are out there saving people's lives. Help them out, guys. A little bit for them goes such a long way way. These guys know how to use every single dollar to make it count in saving people's lives. Guys, our final thing before we start our episode is also superbly important. If you have not downloaded the Meaningful Minute app yet, I don't know what you're doing. I have no idea what you've been doing on the App Store, but if you have not gotten this free app so that you can get all this content, whether you're watching this on any platform or you're listening to it on a different platform, you get it first on the Meaningful Meaningful Minute app. You're going to get it there days earlier than everywhere else, and that's aside from all the other exclusive free content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you're just looking for for a push in your day, my favorite part of the app is that you can search by what you're looking for. So you could search like, I need motivation. You could just click that tag and you'll get there. If you need an extra push in your day, if you need an extra anything, motivation to to a speech you're giving, to anything, you just scroll through over there and you will find what you're looking for. It has so much amazing, exclusive content. You got to check it out. Download the Meaningful Minute app on any app store, Google Play, any of those good places. It's all free. It's all exclusive. It's all amazing. And you'll get everything a lot earlier than you get it here. So get out there, 
saveaworld.org for Yad Lachem. Make sure you donate, 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 guys. If you love this podcast, you love them, show them your appreciation so we can keep on putting out these episodes and get yourself the Meaningful Minute app on Google Play or the App Store. Enjoy this episode, guys, because I know we loved it. Hi, everybody. This is Ari Ben-Shushan. And this is Yossi Ben-Shushan. And this is the Two Cents Podcast. Brought to you and powered by Meaningful Minute. Okay, here we are. We're back. Welcome back. Meaningful Minute Podcast. podcast. (laughs) And that's what's happening. The Two Cents Podcast. Um, Yes. So, so this one for this podcast over here, I feel, I feel we're going to have to explain this one a lot because this one I've been asked a bunch on emails, a bunch from a lot of different people and really uh, something that I try to figure out. To be honest, this one wasn't too difficult in Eretz role to really, I guess, live like because it wasn't as much of a challenge. Um, but over here, you know, over here in the States though, so this one is called using physicality for spirituality. Um, I'm assuming your your listeners um, or your your demographic of listeners are nicer than mine because I get yelled at about. I didn't get I don't get asked about this that often, but I get yelled at about this pretty uh, pretty often. Um, physicality versus uh, or or physicality using physicality for spirituality. I get I get a lot of uh of questions uh, no i'm joking i get a lot of questions about it but i i also get like a lot of um yeah i get yelled at about this uh, a lot because i tend to laugh a lot and make a lot of jokes and maybe they're not at always the right time and um yeah but okay we'll get into it well yes and it comes into everywhere you know people yelling at if a rabbi wears like you know skinny pants or something that's yeah, already yeah, yeah. using uh yeah you know Someone- what i mean like just trying to dress yeah, yeah. maybe according to the times is already a question of, well, are you allowed to do that? Right. Uh, meaning I'm trying to say like this definitely does split itself um, into many different uh, ideas, many different places right. using the uh, physicality towards the spirituality sense of things. Right. Right. A hundred percent. I, I, someone asked me, there's a true story. Someone asked me this past summer, I drive a, I drive a, uh, I think 14 year old Cadillac. <laughs> it's, it's, I was really, I was looking for whatever when I was looking for it. That's the truth. I was looking for something that was like under $2,000. <laughs> and it happened to be, I found, I found this car, which is still like a clunker. But it's a, and the guy said, Do you think it's appropriate that a rabbi drives a Cadillac? I'm like, that is wow. taking a lot of things out of context. <laughs> There's a lot of information <laughs> you did not say in that question at all. And 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 I was questioning more the rabbi part than the Cadillac, <laughs> but still, I I just uh, you know it, it, yeah. But that's not the point I really want to hit over here. Is like how can you be physical? It's there's no there's no mitzvah to deprive ourselves physically. There's no mitzvah that that you're supposed to suffer. I should say physically in this world that 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 you should not be able to meet your bills. That you should not be able to. And the, the issue with it is, is that you find a lot of people grow up with this mentality that, you know, we'll hear all these Gadalim stories and we'll hear, hear all these amazing things about how uh, this massive Gadol that, you know, when you would go to him, you know, you would see his bed in the background, you know, because you were meeting him in his living room slash dining room slash, you know, sleeping room slash, you know, and, and 
we tend to start thinking that it's evil or bad to have any sort of physical um, enjoyment in this world and definitely to have any sort of physical success in this world or to pursue that success is, is, is evil in some way. And it's just completely, it's completely not true. We dive in for things like Parnassa, you know, the Tanayim. They all, they're always meeting in someone's vineyard. I would assume that who that the Tanayim had uh, had had success in this world. They knew how to. By the way, they knew how to kick back because they were always talking so, and learning in someone's vineyard. So, like we know that when Reb Yehuda Hanasi passed, so he said that he didn't take any enjoyment, like uh, even the tiniest bit of enjoyment from the physicality that he had. But right. we know that Reb Yehuda Hanasi. Um, from the Rashi there based on the Gemara, the Rashi in Parshas told this based on the Gemara, that Rabbi Yudha Hanasi was so wealthy that all the different kind of exotic fruit never left from his table. So how do we make both of those concepts meet? Meaning, right. I agree with you 100%. You know, Rabbi Yudha Hanasi lived, if you had like a picture, meaning here, if, if Rabbi Yudha Hanasi was like, an influencer on Instagram, Lahavdil Elif Alfe Avdalas, and he was showing you his house. Right? <laughs> how, wow. how do I? How do we get right there? <laughs> I, I, you, know get there so mime, quickly? you know how much of a you know how much of a I am that I'm I'm so sure he's gonna be able to aim aim his lightning bolts correctly, <laughs> <laughs> and that you won't get electrocuted. I won't through. get electrocuted. <laughs> just, he knows which one of us just said that, so. I, no, no, let, let me explain this. Meaning that if not Chazal, he was no. That's not who I'm saying. But I was using that just to say if you were able to just see his house, if somebody was walking around right. with a video of his house right. and look at all of the exotic fruit I have on my table. In and, Arabic, you know, they say Shafuni. It's like look at me. That's oh, what it seems like. Uh, that's Yassi. Is that what they say? That's what they say. So. So good. So for that 2% of our audience now, their, their head is getting tired of shaking an agreement with you. <laughs> um, for, for the rest of us um, who just said that apparently the word shampoo means that look at me. Um, good. You know, hopefully heads and shoulders will get a hold of this. Yes. And then want to be one of our sponsors. Um, the, the, no, no, but, but the point is, is that you may have looked at it from the outside and said, oh, look at all this physicality and, and, and everything. But at the same time, when Abhuah Danasi is passing away, he's saying, like, but I didn't take any physical enjoyment from it. What he was trying to explain to us is along the lines of what you're saying. He was trying to explain to us that although that was all there, but that wasn't my drive. That wasn't what I considered success. That wasn't what I considered what I wanted my life to be or what I want my legacy to echo no my legacy is writing the mishnayas my legacy is going beyond anything that this physical world could ever possibly have offered so true that may have all been there because the lot in his life that hashem decided to give him was one of riches was one where baruch hashem it was beyond and if people have their she'ifot, if people have their drive towards knowing how to make money, yes, I was recently, I was in New York and, and I was asked to speak um, by like a, a Hasidic ran company. And these are Yidin who give so much tzedakah. They give so much of their wealth to all of Klai Yisrael. But at the same time, they're just born, built and executing 
business ideas and decisions, Hashem gave them that value. And they shouldn't deny that. Rather, they should use that as a building block towards their greatness. And if along the way, they enjoy what they have, matayvamanayim. Right. So, I, I, you know, the, the Ramchal, the Ramchal, Messias Hashem, in, uh, in the beginning of Parakalf, middle of Parakalf, says, uh, he speaks about the neshama as uh, a relationship with physical things that we have in this world. And he says the neshama is, 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 it's 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 nauseated by it. It, it. it cannot connect to it at all, and it cannot uh, represent with it at all. And he goes into very, 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 very strong lashinas that uh, I remember when I was learning it with one of my rabbeim, he said, or a freelander, he said, he's like, this isn't for public consumption. <laughs> he's like, this uh, this what they call it. We don't uh, we don't go around yelling this one in the streets. But but that's that's what the Ramchal says over there. And and there's a very important point to be made about the fact that, and this is why I like calling this using physicality for spirituality, is what are you using physicality for? Where the neshama becomes so um, um, distraught and disgusted by physicality it's, is when it's in a competition with physicality. When physicality becomes this other thing that we start going for to either distract or numb or whatever it is, and we lose sight of why we want physicality of what we're trying to have with physicality. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to enjoy the physicality. That's not what it means at all. All it means is, is that it has to stop becoming the focus point of our lives. The focus point can be using the physicality for the spirituality, which is hopefully what we, what we can... Um, you know, what, what we can shed a little bit more light on. Because when you see someone, and, and it really is someone who's going to live fully, fully physical, anyone who is going to live fully physical, fully for that next high, we call them addicts. That, that, that's what they right. are. And, and what happens to the neshama? What happens to the nefesh? What happens to a person's psyche? What happens to a person's emotional well-being when they, when they go down that road? It doesn't get taken care of. Once we're focusing more on a nesham, and the Ramchal over there explains very, very, very clearly. The Rambam and Hechaz Shuvah also explains this. He explains very, very, very clearly that what the neshama is after is its own connection, is our own connection to the Rabbanu our own connection of us growing, of us becoming bigger, to have that connection to Olam Haba. Now, that can mean Olam Haba after we're gone, but that can mean our Olam Haba here, which is our connection to our neshama. The uh, uh, Victor Frankel in uh, Man's Search for Meaning called it meaning. Meaning, he said it was meaning. Right. Having meaning in our life is is going to be the. You could call it whatever you want, but I mean the Ram and the Ramchal were right. It doesn't matter. But at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when our physicality is in direct uh, um, opposition to our spirituality, to our nefesh, to our neshama, to these things, that's where our physicality starts becoming a problem. When we start identifying right. ourselves through that physicality or needing that, needing that physicality as a status or definitely not as a replacement for either who we are supposed to be, who we are, and so on and so forth, that's where it starts to become a problem. Right. Yes, there's this Hasidish Rebbe that I've been reading through now, his Torah. Yes, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. He says that by the Kriyas Yamsuf, um, that a shifcha al hayam, the maid servant on the sea, she saw what Yecheskel couldn't see in his life. That even the shifcha, even the maid servant, became um, a nivuah. Uh, she became a, a prophetess. That should be. And he explains, like, what are you telling me about their shifchas for? What are you telling me about their maid servants for? And listen to his shtickle. He said, 
I, we see from over here that in a Yid, that's such a Hasidish of art, but in a Yiddish home, even the Shifcha should be able to become a Neviah. Meaning that in a Jewish home, you live a life connected to Hashem so much, it's the reality of your entire existence. So then even the Shifcha over there, she says, of course that has to be real. And she will probably leave her own kind of connection to any kind of physical loss and desires because look at this, it's so much better. That's reality. He was explaining that even the Shifcha, and really that's, I think, what we're trying to explain to everybody over here. That the life that we live is something that it's not only like you're saying, yes, that that it's not a kind of a contention, a point of fight between them, but rather it's that the physicality looks and says, let me help you. Let me, you know, because that's the truth, because what the Nisham is vying for has to be all of reality. What the Ramchal over there, when he gives the mushal of the princess, and he was saying that whatever it is that the poor man brings to her, to her, it's going to be nothing. It's that the next step should be that the poor man then recognizes, well, what does the princess have? What values does she offer? And when he gets to see what royalty is, he gets to see what it is that she has. The poor man should do everything he can to be able to connect to that. And the Ramchal and Hashem explains to us, you know, Hashem gave us life to give us the greatest good. And the greatest good is a connection to the Eishter. So it's something that eventually our physicality will want to go and be used as the stepping stool yeah. to get there. So now let's talk about it. So that's the thought, right? That's really the thought process behind that. But now let's talk about it, um, I think, in just everyday living. Everyday right. living of using the physicality towards spirituality. Yeah, so so there has know, to be a balance. So, so let me hear. Go ahead. You uh, let no, me hear. You. So it, it's because this could go. This could go both ways. We got you know. I, I think people need to be careful over here because I've heard the argument. I'm sure you've heard this also a thousand times. <laughs> I've I'm heard high, it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> is that when I'm when I'm high, when I get high, right? When I smoke and I get high and all these things, I'm close. Yossi to just said when I get high. A few times, he's not referring to himself. I'm not talking about me. I just have to. <laughs> I also no, no, felt right. like I was. I, I, I stopped yeah, there for was, a second. Yes, it, I was like, yeah, should I cut what, here and start right. this again? <laughs> when when one gets high, you know that poor guy. Yes, if we should ever find out who one is, one is. Yeah, he's got a lot of issues. You know, right. when people ask that question, when, yeah, when when someone gets high. Um, the, the, I've heard this argument a bunch of times. Right? A guy will say to me, um, um, but Rabbi, I've never been so spiritual in my whole life. It's when I got high. I finally understood God, man. And yeah, okay, that's not what we're talking about using the physical to get to the spiritual. Uh, the reason being, and I want to explain why, because a lot of people just like threw their hands up in the air, I feel. <laughs> the, the reason, and drinking, same deal, I don't care. I, I, I don't care what it is. Yeah. Uh, the reason being, the reason being is that what you're doing over there is you're not, you're not, um, you, you might think you are, but actually look at the science to it. You're not advancing your physical in order to advance your spiritual. You're numbing both. You're numbing both. So you're removing, for that one moment, you're removing the obstacles that you might have in between of in between you and your spiritual connector, if it's a real spiritual connector. I'm not going to argue that point because everyone will have their say over there. But let's say it is a real spiritual connection you're feeling over there. But you're <coughs> excuse me, but you're doing it 
removing all of these boundaries. The problem with doing that is that it's like stealing a gold medal after the Olympics. You're not an Olympian. You didn't, right, you very didn't good. actually win. You just have the medal. And, and you could say you did, but no, you didn't. You're a fraud. The problem with being a fraud is you know you're a fraud. And the way the system was designed by God, so you're not going to outsmart him, the way the system was designed was for you to work through those issues, not bypass them, not shut them up, not numb them. Those issues are there as stepping stones for you to actually earn that medal, that high that you have. I've seen people who have worked through their lives and are in a point of peace are in a point of clarity of beautiful beautiful clarity that that no drug could ever give it to you it's impossible it's so beautiful it's so real it's so tangible that no matter what drug you would do it would never be able to give you that full that because it's a full spectrum it's not you sitting alone on a couch somewhere feeling connected it's in every aspect of your life you, you go to the grocery yes, store, and you speak I, to your parents, you speak to your children, you speak. It starts becoming in every aspect of your life, but that's only because you worked through to get to that point. If you don't do that and instead you bypass using physicality, you bypass and get there, you're just ending up at a dead end road saying, I'm at the end of the journey because the road is a dead end. No, you're not. You took the wrong road. Right. And, and I, I, I just want to add on to that an, an experience that you and I have both seen from our students. When the guy's not high. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meaning, like you were saying, you have to have the metal um, in order to get there. Um, I'm going to say a joke that you and I can't stand. Somebody sitting here would have said, oh, so maybe you need metal to get to the gold metal. Terrible. Uh, but the uh, terrible. Yes. Yeah. We both agree that that, that was terrible. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just. Ugh. Um, but ultimately, though, you need the hard work to get there because. When the hard work was done to get there, then you've accomplished it. You're at the peak of the mountain always. You've built your life to get there. If you did it while you were high, and again, it's questionable what you really saw or what you got. And yes, you put it perfectly that all you did was just remove certain barriers or what have you. But for the rest of the time, when you're not high, you're just... You're just the dude on the couch. I mean, you're literally just sitting there and you're not in that place. You just got pushed off the top of the mountain. Just, ah, right? You just got pushed off the top. You know, I I, that, that's just, just where you are. And let's face it, you only got to that spiritual high one out of a hundred times that you got high. All the other times that you got high, you you were doing it for some kind of a selfish reason, maybe as an escape, maybe as just trying to feel good, maybe at the end of a long day, whatever it may have been. So if this channel that you've decided to take only brought you towards a clarity of God once in a while that you did it, and for the rest of the time you're not there, and the greatest proof is that in your actions, your actions are not backing up what you saw as clarity during that high or during that trip, you're not acting it out that way the rest of the time. And so the whole thing by itself is just a screen. It's just a smoke screen. That's all it was. So certainly we are not talking about using that kind of physicality to get to spirituality. So yes, what kind of physicality? So what kind of physicality are we talking about? I remember, I remember, (laughs) I remember one time we were by like our cousins, my wife's cousins, something like that. We're playing that game, that traffic 
I don't know what it's really called. You know, yeah. like you have to move the cars around to get to the end. And we're sitting over there and there was like one car at the end. And one of the little kids came up and we're all sitting there trying to figure out how to. And he just picks up the car and he's like, just go. <laughs> like, <laughs> now that, by the way, it, it's, it sounds funny, but that is the stoner guy walking into the room. was like, I don't understand. Just get high and everything's fine. I'm like, yeah. No, yeah. It, it's not. It's a- you missed the point of the game, genius. <laughs> okay, right. So that's not what we're talking about. Let's uh, let so what so what are we talking about? So it, it, it's funny. I, I was actually ironic. I was just uh, talking to someone about this a couple of days ago, and I think the best place to start off with is Shabbos. Um, the 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 Rambam says that everything in life he gives a couple of uh, ex, you know exceptions, you know, anger or whatever. Everything in life is about balance. And I love this Rambam. I quote it all the time because at the end of the day, if that was like one thing you would just focus on every day. Am I balanced right now? Not am I doing well? Because all those terms, am I happy? Right? I hate the term happy because I, all those terms are always so objective and then subjective and then back to objective. It, it just jumps around back and forth. There's no way to really hold them down. But if you can ask yourself at this moment right now, am I balanced? Am I just too much of one thing right now or too little of something? Where am, am, I, am I in a balance right now? It, it, it removes guilt. It removes so many different things. So if a person's sitting there davening and is saying, uh, and is saying, oh, I wish I was, uh, you know, I wish I had more kavana during my davening right now. What they're saying is my, da- my davening right now is imbalanced. Now, if I was high as a kite davening and what do you, you're too, you're too in. You're not ready for that, that, that depth. Or that, so you're out of balance also. Are you balanced? So I think Shabbos is, is such a beautiful um, point to start with because that's where you're supposed to have all this physicality take a nap you eat you drink you have all this physicality but you're hyper focused you're hyper focused on the fact of why am i doing this right now why am i doing this right now this is for my spiritual and that's why that's why, and, and we know that there are, dumb, there are people that were able to, there are all the stories that, we, that people are able to drag Shabbos through the week, right? The Zohar says that, that, that if, you start, if you start that on Shabbos, you're going to be able to drag that physical enjoyment to become spiritual throughout the whole week. So how, how, so while you're doing it, it's the, it's the focus of why am I doing this? And this is why the Allah says that every single ounce of that, your neshama gets, that's why you need a neshama yaseira to carry all of it. It's getting so much because you're adding all the physical to it. So it's getting so much. You need a Neshama Yisera to carry all, all, all of that that Arizal brings out. So at the end of the day, number one, we have to see where do we have good physicality? Where is there good? Because there's one beautiful thing um, about the balance of physicality. So psychologically, if the ba- – I mean – I'm not going to say psychologically like, like it's a study. I this is Yasi Benchushan that came up with this. But I, it could be right or it could be wrong. I don't know. I don't want to blame uh, you know some. So, but in in physicality, what I found is that there are two um, opposite ends of a spectrum. Um, so there's the physical spectrum of physical pleasure, we'll call it, and on the one end of the spectrum is shame. On the other end of the spectrum is content, is peace, and what. What happens? What happens? It, well, the other end of the spectrum could be a coma. I don't know, but the peace is the good part of the spectrum. Let's call it. So, when you have physical pleasure, 
it's going to be doing one of two things to you. Physical enjoyment. It's going to be doing one of two things to you. You're either going to be feeling, you're either going to be feeling shame through from it, or you're going to be feeling an extreme amount of peace from it. And we'll see, even without getting too graphic here, even the same action being done in 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 the same exact way. In one way, you could lead to shame, and in one way, you can lead to extreme peace and love and 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 acceptance of uh, of self. So our question is always going to be: While when I have or when I'm indulging physically, indulging when I'm enjoying physically, when I'm, what is the end result of this? Is this shameful, or is this peaceful? For me, very good. That that's that's a very very good, uh, just a check, you know, to see. Where is this physicality being used? Hey guys, Nassanel here. I just wanted to hop on a second before our weekly spot and tell you about an exciting event that's taking place this Sunday, July 25th, called Tuba of Together at tubaoftogether.com. Sunday, July 25th is the day of tefillah for Tuba of. Tuba of is a day known from the time of Chazal as a day of skula and tefillah to daven, especially in the Indian of Shaduchim. And on that day, Yad Laachim is arranged for hundreds of thousands of people to come together at one moment at July 25th, Sunday at 12 p.m. New York time to down for one another, to say tillin for one another. It's an incredible event and that's why it's called Tuba of Together. This is the fifth year we're doing it. Last year we had hundreds of thousands of people and many people have written to us about the people who got engaged after last year's tefillah. But this year something special. We're having a live broadcast, a live global event on the website tubaoftogether.com on Sunday, July 25th at 12 p.m. New York time, 7 p.m. Israel time, adjust your clock. We will have leading G'daylim Rabbanim, including musical performances. We will hear divrei words of chizuk and inspiration and the tefillah being led by the following Rabbanim. Rav David Ashir, Rav Eitan Feiner, Rav Yisachar Friend, Rav Shimon Galai from Eretz Yisrael, Rav Warren Goldstein, the chief rabbi of South Africa, Rav David Goldwasser, Rav Y.Y. Jacobson, Rav Pesach Krohn, Rav Beryl Lazar, the chief rabbi of Russia, Rav David Ozeri, Rav Yisrael Reisman, and Rav Usher Weiss from Eretz Yisrael. They will lead us in this field and give us words of inspiration and chizuk in this incredible event. There will also be live musical performances on tubaoftogether.com on that Sunday by Simcha Liner, Ellie Marcus, Barry Weber, Baruch Levine, Yonatan Razel from Israel, Uri Davidi, and Yitzi Wolner. It's going to be an incredible live global event. So tune in Sunday, July 25th at tubaoftogether.com. That's T-U-B-A-V together.com. Also, at the very same time that Klali shows Dami for one another, there'll be a minion of Tamidi Chachamim in Amuka at the cave of the town of Yonis and Benazil to down for all those who need a Shidduch. And it's absolutely free to give your names to Riyad Lachem. There's no minimum donation required. Two ways to do it. Either on the website tubaoftogether.com or call one 923 5224 866-923-5224 or 24 hours a day on the website tubaoftogether.com T-U-B-A-V together.com All names submitted will also be given to Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita for a bracha so let's all unite on this day of tefillah of Tubaov together Tubaov is on Shabbos so the day that told us that the day of tefillah is on Sunday Sunday July 25th 12pm New York time Tubaoftogether.com. Let's all daven. Let's say the kapitlach for one another. Go to the website now so you can download the hymn to be set for that day. And let's all get together on Tubaov and let's make it Tubaov together. Hey everybody, here we are in our favorite part of the show. 
This isn't this sponsorship is, time. This is spirituality time. We talk about using physicality for spirituality. Yes, we get to sit with one of the most amazing Yiddin ever, Rabbi Nisan Al-Gans. He is the director of Yad Achim. Yes, it's an incredible schus that we have over here. It is. And let's hear. Yossi, we've been it running is. now. It this is. is our 10th episode. Yeah. We want to hear yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. I want. I, we're going to pass this off to Rabbi Nisan in a second because I really want to know if the listeners really went out there and and came through. But I want to say that as far as this episode goes of using physicality for spirituality, this is like one of the only ways, Ramnasan is about to tell us one of the only ways that you can actually buy spirituality. <laughs> it's for sale. <laughs> Ramnasan Gans, thank you so much for joining us again. Well, thank you again. And and as usual, I actually make my kids watch the previous episodes because they're ever there the Tati, so... Tati so chashev, so I make, <laughs> I make them watch it. But it's really, a, really a schus to be here, an honor to be here. The results and the response of the Two Cent podcast listeners and watchers have been absolutely incredible. And, you know, taking a, a young Jewish child that's trapped in our village and, and, and making them free and, and having them live a life of freedom is something that cannot be taken for granted. And I want to point out, you talk about buying, you know, a spiritual, buying things forever. If you look in the Halach and Shulchan Aruch, the number one mitzvah in the Torah is Pidyan Shoyim. And that's what it says. It's number one priority in Tzedakah. And the reason for it is very simple. Wow. Although everything is very important, obviously, someone's life is in danger. It comes before everything. And the people have responded unbelievably. You know, people want to take part. I even see in the comments, people writing the comments, look, I can't do, I can't do save a whole family, but I want to save whatever I can. Every little bit helps. Every little bit counts. Y'all see, I, I want to give Rabbi Gans, I'm sorry, I want to give you a gift right now. Yes, I, I, I want to ask Rabbi Gans, what would be your dream right now that this episode would bring into help? You know, if you could look to Claudia Yisrael, because there are tens and tens of thousands of listeners at this point listening, you can look them in the eyes and Rabbi Gans, you can say to them, my dream would be if you would give this, let's make that happen. Rabbi, what is it? Uh, so... Wow, that's a really big task. And I'll, I'll answer that in a twofold part because I'm a Yid. The first thing is obviously I want everyone who can do whatever they can. There are so many cases a year. Yad Lachem receives hundreds of cases a year. And every person, every family is really a whole life. It's a whole world. And we talk about $18,000 a case. The budget in Eretz is over $7 million. It's a very, very big deal. So I want everyone to take a part and try to save a family. And as for my dream, I know everyone is... Limited. Some people can give a lot of money, some people can't. But you can definitely get involved, right? If you can't give the money yourself, you can get involved and you can help fundraise. My number is, call this number, 718-633-2340. Or here's my email address, nesanaladyadlaachem.org. N-E-S-A-N-E-L at Y-A-D-L-A-C-H-I-M.org. We'll put it on the screen. You can get involved in any which way. There's so many ways. You want to help us fundraise. You want to have an event. You know, we have women who are rescued from the Arab villages. You can have a Zoom event. You know, you can host it. There's so many things you can do to help save other women and children, even if you can't do it yourself. So that's my dream. My dream is that everyone does their part. Everyone does the most they can and a little bit more. And with that, we'll be able to save Claudia's soul. Amen. That's amazing. That is so incredible. It's been such an honor. Yossi, Mamish, it's been such an honor for us. Rabbi, thank you so, so much, not just for the sponsorships, but for your time and honestly for your effort and for all you and Yad Laachim do for Kalal Yisrael and everybody else on this podcast. If you gave, come back and give more. If you can't give, so then get involved. Just even WhatsApp statuses. There's so much that you can do today to be able to help Pidgin Shvuyim so that in this world and the next, they'll be echoing the praise of what you did 
to be able to go help the most far-thrown children of Hashem in this world, that you are the fuel of the fire that is Yad La'achem. Rabbi Gans, um, is, is the uh, clip still going? If they donate a certain amount, can they still see the clip? Uh, first of all, absolutely. It's still going. And uh, Ari just got me very excited. Here's a number. You can reach me directly. I said, you, want to, you said, talk about WhatsApp status here. 917-426-4551. Come straight to my phone. Public. 917-426-4551. We'll send you the clips. We'll help you get involved. And really, it's been a tremendous chus. You know the website, saveworld.org. You've heard it. If not, you wake up all the night. What's that website? I'm sure you're... It's like that jingle that you keep on hearing. Saveworld.org. So and thank you for everyone for being involved and for getting involved. Thank you so much, Rabbi Gans. And now, back to the episode. You know, coming back, the full circle that you said, the Nisham Yaseira, um, what everybody asks that Gemara and Beza that tells us about the Nisham Yaseira, we have to understand... Like, wow, the neshama is the one getting the enjoyment. But didn't the Ramchal tell us in Masil Sisharim that the neshama is just disgusted by this? And, and I, I just, this, this should be obvious to everybody in the audience. But just to point that out, no, you, we see even from the Gemara itself, we see at least Rashi's understanding of the Gemara itself that the neshama actually has the enjoyment because, like you're saying, it's hyper focused on doing the correct value on on on, on really using it um, as the correct stepping stool. And so, certainly, number one, Shabbos is such a perfect example, and obviously, yeah, the best place to start with it um, to go and to jump from there into like a spiritual sense. Um, for the most part, we see that. A lot of the spirituality that we have uh, during our day-to-day will also have this physical um, attribute to it. Making a bracha on food, um, using the restroom, meaning Hashem decided to give us a, a certain just timetable almost of make sure you keep on checking in that your physicality is going towards spirituality. Now, I... but. I want to say it beyond just the brachas. If somebody's on a diet, if somebody, you know, they want to lose some weight. And so certain times it's to lose weight to be healthy. But many other times it's not just to be healthy, it's to look good. You know, that, that they feel they want to fit into their old chasana suit. Until when they put it on, they realize how outdated their chasana suit is. But they feel great when they go to Indochino and they get the right, uh, and they get the good measurements going and they get like a no there was a guy who i met yassi and he looked great in a tailor-made suit he looked fantastic and i said to him i was in shul i'm like dude you look fantastic and he was like i went i got my tailor and put it together and the guy looked rip-roaring amazing but to me he felt rip-roaring amazing and if there are certain things that we do physically and it has some kind of a psychological advancement. I believe that that as well is something that you're using physicality for spirituality. Spirituality is something that needs a clear mind. It needs a certain kind of an extension from feeling great about yourself, feeling positive about yourself. So if somebody goes and builds within themselves using physicality, whether it may be um, dieting to look good so that they feel great. They feel like I can go and I can accomplish. I can take on the world. They have such a great feeling now um, of self 
So then great, you're using that towards a spiritual gain. So that's also wonderful. I, I, I really, really do believe that. You know, if somebody goes and dresses in a certain way of like, oh, I don't care either way, I'm just gonna dress like garbage. And you're not feeling it, meaning if you're on that level and you could care less what you're wearing, okay, Hashem, you're on that level. Um, I think many of the people in our audience though, a lot of times, yes, like you were saying, and this is really what sparked it in my mind, you were saying that doing the physical is something that you should really have this barometer check. This physical, does it make me feel sad or make me feel happy? A lot of times you may be doing something physical that it was driven into your mind to feel sad, but you shouldn't be. If you bought a pair of pants or if you bought something, it has to be, of course, it has to be tzni'ut. It has to be something that's within the confines of what our spiritual halacha allows. But if you bought it and you may think it looks, I'm going to use the word bummy, because back when we were kids, they used that word bummy, you know, or if it looks guy. So stop for a second. If it makes you feel great and it makes you feel confident and it makes you feel alive and it makes you feel like I can accomplish, I think that as long as, again, it falls within the confines of the halachic value system, so then rock it. No, I'm serious. Like, you know, wear it and feel great about it. Feel confident right. about it. No, 100%. First of all, it wasn't happy versus unhappy, by the way. It's shame versus peace. It's very important. Right. Dude, no, right. but yes, but a lot of kids today are taught. Yeah. I'm talking about guys in yeshiva who will have the Charles Terwitz shirt that is the ultra slim fit or whatever. Right. And the guy feels good. He feels right. But then he no, no, may no. have somebody saying to him, it's very guyish. No, right. I right, don't right. know. Right, right, right. So now, now on either way, by the way, on either way, and I, I'm I, I'm sorry, I don't want to get like all like uh, heated here, but it, it, the other side, and we know this from from Rebbe, but in general, I, from Svarim, you know, to, to hyper focus, hyper focus on the type of shirt and the type of thing in the in in the positive in their mind in the positive that it can't be the in style shirt or it can't be the, especially nowadays. That it can't be the install shirt, or it can't be the install this, or it can't be the install that. You yourself, you yourself are seeping so deeply into physicality, and we see the problems now. There was a guy a few years ago, who someone I know knew the guy, a few years ago in Lakewood, that was living in Lakewood with his family, and he wasn't Jewish. Um, he was living, going to shul, wearing a hat and jacket, Everything, the whole family, his kids were, were going to a, a regular Jewish school there. He wasn't Jewish. How did he get away with it? It's so easy to get away with. You just dressed apart. You could have a neighbor of you. How many people do you know now? Yes, yeah. Do I, I know I now? Do, I don't understand the story. I, I don't know. What do you mean he wasn't Jewish? He was hiding from the mafia. No. <laughs> it's a true story. I thought it was a joke. I, saw, I thought it was a joke. I met a guy last year. He told me, no, he's like, no, no, no. I lived on his block. I know who he is. It's yeah. a true story. It's insane. The, the, you, you know how many people I know that are not religious, that are not from there, are not Shemre Shabbos, but they look, dress. I'm talking about adults. I'm not talking about teenagers. But they look, dress, and act apart. And no one questions it. No one and the question beauty, it. yes. You would send your and kids to the, their house? I just, want to say, I just want to say the irony of that. I want to explain to our you said it, but the irony over there is then they're using their physicality to destroy their spirituality. They're using the physicality of the yeshivish garb to destroy their physicality, right. which is petrifying. Right. 
because the way they're defining, and I'm not blaming them, by the way. I'm really not. I feel for them. I really do. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that condescendingly. I'm saying they're on a journey, and I know that they're going to make their way back, and that's why they're keeping that. My point is not to, not to belittle those people. My point is very, very simply, it's the people who accept them. Not, not saying in the way I just accepted them. The people who won't even question it. But the person who's dressing differently that lives next door, they could be the frumest of the frum. I'll never forget one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was, I'm not going to give so much, too much detail here, but it was literally one of the self-embarrassment that I was ashamed of myself is we were, I was in Kolel somewhere and they decided it was during the rocket attacks in, um, in, um, where were they specifically then? No, but there was one city in, in Israel that was getting pummeled. In Sterot. We went, we went there to learn with the, with like the Hester Yeshiva. The Kol was going to go there and learn with the Hester Yeshiva. It was like a Mizrahi Yeshiva. We're going to go and learn with them, um, Dati Lumi, whatever it was, and we're going to go learn with them uh, one Thursday night to show, you know, a uh, 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 support and to show. So Sterot, I don't think it was Sterot though, but <clears throat> we'll say Sterot for the sake of the story. And so we went down there and I come in and I'm like, I, I don't, you know, my Hebrew isn't that great. And, you know, but, uh, you know, I'll get by and, you know, I'll try to learn with the guy a little bit and, you know, build him up and, you know, maybe beauty of Tyra. I was younger and dumber then. And I walk in to this base madrash. And it was like 11.30 at night, Thursday night, by the time we got there. I walk into this base madrash, and the cold Tyra was palpable. All these guys sitting, their guns next to them. <laughs> They're like guns on the table next to them. All in their, you know, polishers, their, you know, T-shirts, whatever, you know, their sandals. Their, all these Dati, Hardal, whatever guys. All around, the cold Tyra in the place was deafening. It was 11.30 at night on a Thursday night, and these guys, the the place didn't smell like chalent. It didn't smell like anything. It was, there was no reason they were there. Not a single guy socializing whatsoever. These guys were pounding and learning. I was so, I felt so stupid. I felt so ashamed for having thought that because I'm walking in with my hat and jacket, I'm going to teach these guys how to learn. These guys could have owned me any day of the week. They were they were going deep. And I, I, I realized that like how much we put in to the physicality, how much we will accept or not accept someone based on that. That's also not sneers. That's also horrific on both ends. It's horrible. The fact that a from kid feels comfortable making fun of a Balchuva whose hat is a little bit off. Who he's a Harry. He's a, th- these are horrible things. Why are they so bad? I'm not talking about because of the disrespect and making fun of him. That's horrible. I'm not saying not. I'm saying because that's how this kid represents. Because, because the people who are like me, it has nothing to do with Tarim Rajmissi, it has nothing to do with 613, it has nothing to do with learning, it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with connection to the bunch, it has nothing to do with it. It has to do with wearing the right shirt. Not too much, not too little, not too... For a kid, especially if you're dealing nowadays with a teenager, for him to wear whatever kind of white shirt he wants, call like a vote to him. Let him wear what, whichever one, the slimmest fit of whatever it is. You know, it, bless him for, for being able to fit into it. But again, on the other side, you were mentioning like dieting and things like that. There are people, especially also in the from world, who are hyper focused on the way, and that, and that takes a precedent. How they look takes a precedent. It, it, it precedes every other feeling and every other emotion. 
I can't feel good unless I'm looking this way. Now, I, I, I believe in what you said. And I totally agree with it, obviously. And not that you need me to agree with it, but I totally agree with it, obviously, that you'll see two different guys. I've done this in Israel. I used to do this as a, when we used to live in the same building as the dorm, right? My yeshiva now, our dorm is separate from the building. But if, um, it, when you live in the same building as the dorm, so you'll have the guys show up um, sometimes, right? They just roll that and they'll still be wearing their slippers and their pajamas. I, I used to make deals with my guys all the time. If you show up full dress, full everything, nothing of what you were sleeping in at all, right? Button down shirt, pants, shoes, everything. Try it for a week. Every single guy who has done it, every single one said they had a different week of learning that week. Every single one. The reason being very, very, very simple. The, the way we present ourselves does make us feel different. And it does make us feel more confident. But again, that's using it for a reason. For the, that's right. using it for our spirituality, for our learning, for taking ourselves seriously. Yeah. You know, yes, I, I, you just reminded me of a story. Uh, you remember Woodbury Commons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, right? Woodbury Commons. That's, a, so that's actually a great I point to bring here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I know so exactly Woodbury what Commons you're about to go is, for. That's great. No, 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 no. I never told you this story. Oh, I mean, yeah, the Not point the that story, we're about to make. The point, yeah. yeah. You know, Woodbury Commons is really um, 90% of uh, two walks of life. <laughs> it's, 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 it's yeshiva boys and it is... Chinese people, you know, that's, you know, those, Woodbury those, Commons, those Woodbury Commons is where I saw you con mommy into buying you the, the Reebok pumps because you said you have a problem so, with your toe. <laughs> I was, I was in sixth grade at the time, Yassi, and you know, um, every con man has his beginnings. This, this is true. Uh, but, but, but in Woodbury Commons, just, I, I was there, there was this company, I forgot what the name, of, I don't think the company's even around anymore, but I was going back to Israel. I was, I think I was married already Bugle going Boy. back to Israel and I needed, uh, no, I forgot what was like Slate or something. I forgot, I forgot like the name of a company, but, um, like I walked in there and it was an African-American guy who was, uh, working the place. And when I walked in, he was like, Hey, how you doing? I said, good. You know, he's being friendly. He's like another yeshiva guy. So I'm like, what? You know, it, it, it took me back a little bit. Now, everybody who's listening has to understand that this is like early 2000s where um, not everything is offensive and racist. There's actually friendly <laughs> banter uh, between people that you can have. So no, I wasn't offended, but I was surprised. You know, I, I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm so happy to see you. I said, why? He said, he's like, I'm the guy. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, in the mere yeshiva, in brisk, I'm the guy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I never told you this story. I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't What do you mean? He's like, look, all you yeshiva guys, you dress the same. You got your white shirts and you got your black pants. I said, yeah. He said, and you all sit on benches all day learning Torah, right? I said, yeah. Is this an Uncle Maishi? Like, is there a, what's happening? He said, well, I decided because you're God's people, it'll be my job while you're sitting on the bench to look good sitting on the bench. <laughs> So he said to me, to look good sitting on the bench. And, and he was so proud of it. That is and such a great story. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It just hit me now as you were saying that, to look good sitting on the bench. And, and like I thought to myself, the days that I look good sitting on the bench are days where I feel confident, are, are days where I feel alive. So yeah, those are the things and those are the times using these almost mundane concepts, but should they become our value system? Should they become our everything? 
No, of course they're not our everything. That's not what we're advocating for. But we're trying to tell you that if it's something that helps in the process of feeling great, of feeling alive, of feeling um, smarter, or of feeling more sure of yourself, then yes, there is a place for it. There is a place to go. We say that we're going to see in the few weeks now in the Parsha, um, the big day kahuna. The big day kahuna was something that the Kohanim had to wear. And that to feel honor and to feel splendor goes both ways. It's for themselves to feel towards Hashem and for Hashem to see that look at them. They are making themselves toward me. So certainly, yes, you know, these are ideas. And then let's just go into now the most physical aspects of going to restaurants, of being, you know, it's a very Jewish thing today to be a foodie. It, it, it's, it's a very Jewish thing today to mamish be into all of these kind of physical things. And so people would say, well, I guess the Ben Shushans are saying, yeah, become a foodie and then use that uh, towards your spiritual growth. So my take on that is, is that, yeah, maybe, um, there are a lot of people that I know, um, who are foodies, but at some, and they actually have found a certain realm of spirituality inside seeing that, Hey, you know how I make an espresso shot. Yossi can definitely explain to us how to make the best espresso shot, but how to make a great espresso shot or, uh, how food goes in or how, if they're using that and they're saying, Hashem Mamish did all of this for me. And there are people who actually genuinely have a real connection towards that. If that's all their life, yes. If they never pick up a Gemara and that's all they do, so then maybe, unfortunately, their aim was a little bit too short because they could have then taken it to the next level. They could have gone and understood what their talent was and then used that to explore the greater parts of the Torah. But certainly as an entry-level connection to God, in relating to Hashem and the beauty that he's given us in a vehicle of food, I have no problem with that. What do you think? I, I think I, 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 let me ask you, if mommy, if mommy on Shabbos had never, ever made tutuka, you think, you think, you think Shabbos would mean the same thing to us? If we never, never wore kaftans on Pesach, <laughs> I'm saying it, it would be the same thing to us. There's something gorgeous about this one fact. I love this fact. If you go to any, I, I know by the Ashkenaz it's the same thing. I just the times I see it most because I'm married to a Sephardi and I am Sephardi, so you know the times I see it most is when I'm sitting with a Sephardic family. But you can have you could start a fist fight among a family it, when you say my teta or my grandma makes the best kibber, the less best lachmajin, because someone else at that table has a grandmother too, and she makes the best lachmajin. And if you were to ask them when she made the best lachmas, you know, that's, that's simple. It was on Shabbat. These things are very real. These things are not to be made fun of. They're very, very real. When we have these things tie in to things, it's, it's very, very, very important. About the foodie thing and, and, and all these things, let, let, let's, Ari, let's just be honest and open over here. We're both very big <laughs> into food. We both love our food. And I'm not, you know, our coffee our our beer our occasional beer we're very you know it, it it's all and it's all it is it is it's all the thing is though is that what do you use it for my point of bringing up the the teta the smarty grandmother is that it was all based around food how amazing do we feel when when my father used to come to um us in israel when our father used to come to us in israel and and we used to cook for him and his brothers and they would sit around our Shabbos table and they would eat. 
there was like this this unbelievable bond that we witnessed from them. And we learned so much about what family is, how family respects each other. Some of my uncles are religious. Some of them are not religious. Some of them are very not religious. Some of them are a little bit more religious. Some of them, and then there's my father, who's a rabbi, and who's this and who's that. And But they're all yelling in the same... I, I, we don't understand what they're saying. No. <laughs> but it seems like they're enjoying it because they laugh. Don't ever have anyone translate a joke in Arabic, by the way. it It's so much funnier. You, you know when they say, like, it, it would be a lot funnier if you spoke Yiddish? It's That's not how it works in Arabic. If you actually no. understood the joke, I guarantee you it's not as funny as you thought it was when they were laughing at it. It made no sense whatsoever. But but they would they would have such an amazing time. And it was all based around, like, this food and this getting together and this, to use food. Do you know how many people I've I've broken through to? Um, I'm working with them over coffee. I have a, I have a thing. It's called the art of the milkshake, right? You know, you know how difficult it is for a person not to open up and talk to you if you, if they're having a milkshake with you. It's very difficult. If you take a person, if you take a teenager, and this is gonna sound weird now, but if I take a student of mine who's like just stonewalling, I'm like, that's it, buddy. We're going for ice cream today, and we go get ice cream. You know how difficult it is for him not to talk about whatever is bothering him. You know how awkward it is to sit there eating ice cream with another person and and just be upset the whole time? It is the most awkward thing ever. It is the most awkward thing ever because it's a bonding experience and you know you're ruining it. You know it could get better. You know this could be as enjoyable. To, there's so many ways to use physicality for our for our thing. And yeah, especially with what's going on in the world. If you pull a husband and wife together over food, please stop taking the pictures. That's that's all. One picture, two pictures, that's it. You know how many times I'm in a restaurant? <laughs> this guy gets to go out with his wife and he orders himself a nice whatever. And he's about and his wife like knocks the the fork and knife out of his hand. <laughs> and she's like, just he's like, I just want to eat it. She's like, wait, I need to get on the porch. Hang on just one second. It's just and this guy, this poor guy's sitting over there salivating just without the pictures. But you know how you know how, how beautiful it is when you cook with your kids? How amazing of a bonding experience that is when you cook with it. There's so many, or we just keep using food because whatever, it's how we are. But there, there's something but, so but special about it. There's now, so what, yeah, we're not saying, but we are not saying that that's the overall life. The no. overall life is the, it's Tyra, it's learning, it's learning. But to go and to decisively cut out everything else, should you act like the Goyim? Of course not. But within Jewish society and within the Torah itself, there is an allowance for these things to be correct and good and healthy stepping stones as realities of connecting to our children, as realities of connecting to each other. Y'all see, I was Makar of so many people with my smoker, with my meat smoker, you know, just... Right. Just, oh, yeah. ju- just getting them, just getting them into the door of, of coming and connecting through that. And you know, so you know what you is know, that you the might main not thing? Realize, no, you might not realize it. You're also a car of your own kids with that smoker. When they see yeah, you there, and they see you doing that. They see why you're doing it. Mommy for Shabbos and for Tutuka is this thing that we used to have. Just get over it. That's it. It's awesome. I'm only my mother's. Don't the only call it my that can make it. 
it, and it, don't call it Madbucha. And don't call it Madbucha because it's not. That's it. My mother was the only person who used to make it. She's the only one who knows how to make it. That's it. It's over. The point is, <laughs> is that my mother used to start making it on like a Monday, and it would sit all week. There was one pot on the on the stove <laughs> simmering down. <laughs> that was all week long. It would sit it's just, there you would simmering have, down. Mommy, what are you doing? Mommy, what are you doing? Making tuka. Fast forward. The sun goes up. The sun comes down. The no, 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 no. Mommy, doing making tuka. Sun goes up. Sun goes down. Yeah. <laughs> it took all week to make it, but 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 the the experience that a kid has with that, the experience people around you have with that, when they see you excited about things because you're going to share it with others, right? You don't smoke for yourself. You don't use the smoker for yourself. Just I'm not sitting there just making an espresso for me. It's for me and my wife. For me and the guests. For me and there's a different experience around that. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. bringing now, yes. your physical up to spirituality. To, so to finish off, because we're already over time over here. Like what you said, I just want to finish off with, with a minute or two. You finish off with a minute or two. Yeah. I, because I want to bring out this last point. What, what Yossi was saying about the balance. You know, be careful though how you're using this. If you decide to go and spend $5 million on your daughter's wedding and, and, and like bring in a million different cutting boards, you know, it, 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 it may get to a certain point that you don't have to smoke an entire lamb for each person at the table. You know, maybe over there, it's overdoing it. Obviously, the balance, the balance, the balance is key. If you're a foodie and you overdo it and you take a picture of every single French fry and that's your whole life and you're sending out to everybody, the balance over there has obviously been broken. But at the same time, if you go the other way and, and that you don't allow for any of these things when your children have a desire for it or you have a desire for it, that may be also some has negative. So I guess what we're trying to get forth today is that use your physicality towards the spirituality in the healthiest way possible of connecting Tashem in the best way, using it in a way. And Yassi, I think you really define it the best that if it's something that brings embarrassment or shame, so then maybe that's a kind of a physicality that we're meant to stay away from. But if it's something that's completely the other way, that's going to be a disconnect. Don't do that either. Rather, it should be something that's found with balance. And with that, people will be able to springboard their neshama in a place that I don't think they ever possibly imagined they can get to. Yeah, so um, when we're dealing with uh, a physicality to spirituality, um, I just, you know, I, 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 I want to, I did want to, I forgot what it was, but whatever, we'll just end it with it. But I, I, I just want to be clear over here. When we're using our, our physical in order as a bridge towards our, our spiritual, what, what we're trying to 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 really focus on again is the spiritual is making that the the centralized main 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 part of what we're trying to do when we're dealing with something that like we enjoy enjoyment happiness this is it's beautiful it's perfect you're allowed to not only you're allowed to you're supposed to enjoy Enjoy as much as you possibly can, but for the reason, not for the distraction, not to not to try to pull yourself away from something, but to actually invest in something, and that something being your uh, spirituality. Beautiful. All right, everybody, thank you so so much for listening. I am Ari Benchushan. I'm Yasi Benchushan, and this is the Two Cents Podcast. The Two Cents Podcast. Have a great day.